I'd invite you to remain standing this morning for our reading of Scripture, which comes to us out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We read verses 22 through 40. Hear now the words of the Gospel. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they, being Mary and Joseph, brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then, as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and praying night and day. At that moment, she came. She began to praise God and to speak about the child to all looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. One of the only stories in scripture that reveals to us anything about Jesus as a child is this lesson out of the Gospel of Luke. Luke tells the story of Simeon and Anna, these two very unusual characters, and who were somehow able to recognize that an ordinary-looking baby who had been brought to the temple one day by his rather ordinary-looking parents as part of an ordinary religious ritual was not ordinary at all, but was in fact extraordinary. When I read this account of Scripture, I don't know about you, but I feel awestruck by Simeon's unswerving belief that this child was the promised Messiah. 
and in his boldness in declaring to the child's parents what they had seen. You know, it begs a, a, a hard question. It, it begs a question perhaps we're all asking. How in the world did Simeon and Anna know that the baby Jesus brought in that day, this very ordinary day, ordinary people and ordinary baby, how did they know that this was the Messiah? Lo and behold, the answer to our question can be found right in the reading of the scriptures itself. Luke tells us, straight out at the beginning, that it was by the Holy Spirit that the child's identity was revealed to each one of these people. But I have to admit, to me, that answer is just not good enough. Anybody else the same way? You read something in Scripture and say, well, that's fine and dandy, but I want to know more. I want to go deeper. Don't just tell me the Holy Spirit was upon him. Tell me some more. Anybody? It's okay to say amen. I know you, Roy. So what exactly happened that enabled Simeon to see the promised Messiah in the face of this ordinary baby one ordinary day in the temple in Jerusalem? So let's take a closer look then at Simeon first. Now, Simeon is an ideal Jew. He is a, a, a devout uh, and religious man and embodies everything that God had intended for God's people. He operated with integrity towards others, towards God. And, and not, only, not only that, Simeon is waiting for the Messiah. Now, I think that's a very key part to his character. See, Simeon was actively waiting for the Messiah. The Messiah would bring consolation. He would bring comfort to the people who were anxious and oppressed. And ironically, as Scripture says, the Holy Spirit was upon him that day, and the Holy Spirit, who is also called the Great Comforter, was upon him. And the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would see the Messiah before he died. Have you ever waited anxiously for an important letter or an important package or some sort of important news to be delivered to you? As we know, sometimes, especially if we're waiting for Christmas presents as Christmas gets close, the USPS sometimes makes us wait very anxiously. Can I get an amen? <laughs> How many of you are like me and you're constantly checking? Well, now, nowadays it's not constantly checking the mailbox every day. I'm constantly checking my phone because... Uh, they have this thing called informed delivery where the, the post office scans everything that goes to you and it goes right to your phone in an email and says this is what's being delivered to you today. If you, have, if you don't have informed delivery, get it. It'll save you some steps to the mailbox and back. But how many of you are constantly checking and waiting when you know there's big news or a big package to come? You know, we can imagine Simeon entering the temple each and every day, wondering if today would be the day. 
Would this be the moment? In a sense, waiting for the, the package that God promised. And one day, one day, he senses the Spirit leading him, perhaps with, with more haste and, and perhaps with more of a push than usual. You ever felt that tug or that nudge directing you to do something or go somewhere? Perhaps Simeon felt that nudge a little bit harder that day. And somehow, at that very moment, Mary and Joseph entered with the child. And somehow he knew. He knew that this was the one. He takes the child in his arms, he thanks God, and then he begins to pray. He says, now I can die a contented man. The child, the package I've been waiting for, the news has come. The comforter has arrived. My dreams have been fulfilled. No, it doesn't tell us how much longer Simeon lived after that. What it does tell us is that this promise to him has been fulfilled. You know, this is what we know about Simeon from the scriptures. But what else can we learn about Simeon from our story? Well, from this indirect information, we can infer that Simeon must have been an, an, unusual, an unusually religious person from the fact that the most important thing in his life, the thing he needed and wanted most before he could die in peace, was to see the Messiah. How many for us, the most important thing in our lives in this very moment is to see the Messiah? Another thing that is obvious about Simeon is that he was open-minded and willing to take some risks. We know that he was open-minded because he was able to discern the Messiah in the unlikeliest of persons. You know, this, this humble, ordinary baby who had been brought to the temple by his ordinary-looking parents for a presentation of, of a very ordinary ceremony... I don't know about you, but it takes a certain amount of open-mindedness to even consider that this normal child born in a stable to a humble family might be the promised Messiah. So here's the question that it raises me to, to ask today of myself, and perhaps you're asking the same one already. <laughs> if you... We're looking for the Messiah all of your life and have been promised by God that you would see the consolation of Israel before you died. What kind of person would you be looking for? What kind of person would we be talking about? What kind of person would you expect the Messiah to be? Wouldn't we, probably like most everybody else in the time, wouldn't we expect that person to be somebody important? Wouldn't we expect this person to be born in a, a recognized and respected family? 
Wouldn't you be looking for certain signs of obvious lordship to clue you in into the fact that this was the one we had been waiting for? Doesn't common sense tell us that that's the kind of person we're looking for? Yeah, you agree? If we were looking for the Messiah today, wouldn't we expect the person to be influential and well-known, maybe even famous? Someone who had proven himself or herself to be a leader? Someone who had done something worthy of being called the Messiah? Isn't that where we would focus our attention? Common sense says, yeah. We're not looking for the Messiah in a very ordinary-looking baby born in a very humble of places. But could we, could we, like Simeon, be open-minded enough to look for the face of the Messiah in an unexpected place? Could our minds be open enough to seeing the Messiah in the face of a baby or the face of a child? Or a homeless person on the street, or a, a, a woman, or a person of color, or a person whose uh, uh, identity we disagree with, or someone who is a person with a crippling disease or a disability. Whatever the division, could we look at the face of Messiah and find him in the face of a Republican or a Democrat, or someone who is on the other side of the fence than we are, someone who lives on the other side of the tracks than we do? Could we look at those people and find the Messiah? Or would we automatically rule out all the marginalized in our culture and limit our search only to the faces of those in power? Would we be able to recognize the Messiah in the face of the baby Jesus today? You know, this is a tough question for us to ask. And I don't know about you, but I had to back up from my own sermon for a minute and say, whoa, you want me to say what to those people, God? When I don't know if I myself would be looking for the Messiah in the face of the baby Jesus today. How many of us have to take a step back and say, whoa? Simeon was able to see Christ in this ordinary, plain, common baby because he was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. It was the same spirit that had earlier in his life enabled Simeon to believe and trust that God would fulfill God's promise to him. It was the same spirit that helped him to focus on all of his energies on looking for this Messiah. The spirit gave him the strength and the fortitude to keep looking day and night, high and low, anywhere and everywhere that he went so that his whole life was focused on his search for the promise that had been revealed to him. The Holy Spirit of God transformed Simeon's life. It changed Simeon so much that he never looked at the world the same again. 
You see where this is going? The same thing happens to every person whom the Holy Spirit of God falls upon. It transforms us. It enables us to see things in a new and different way. Seeing the face of Christ in ordinary places and in ordinary people and in ordinary things brings hope to the despair of this world. All we have to do is open our minds and look. Sometimes it's not good enough just to open our eyes. <laughs> but we have to open our minds as well. It is like a light shining in our darkness, guiding us, giving us new direction. It, we begin, when we start looking with the lens of the Holy Spirit, we begin to look at the world differently. Our eyes become focused on recognizing the face of Christ all around us. In everyday things, in everyday people, and we begin to live our lives in gratitude for all of God's creation. We begin to look at each tiny living thing as sacred and worthwhile, and all simply because God created. We begin to see each person, no matter how simple or complicated, because Lord knows some of us are complicated people. No matter how simple or complicated, no matter how charming or spiteful, as a person, we look at people as a person of sacred worth and a loving creation of God. Because God is creator. The Holy Spirit reveals to us the wonders of God all the time and inspires us to be able to see the face of Christ and the love of the Lord everywhere. It's the Holy Spirit that transforms us and makes us able to see what we wouldn't or couldn't see without the grace of God revealing the promised one to us. The wonder of the Christ child is all around us every day. In simple and ordinary people and places. We have only by the grace of God be able to recognize them. And we recognize them by opening our eyes and our minds. And like Simeon, by actively searching. So here's the question. Where have you seen, experienced, or witnessed the Holy Spirit revealed through the people around you? How have these acts of love and kindness brought the Holy Spirit to rest upon you, revealing God's love and bringing light into your darkness? How have you been, been that light to someone else? How is God calling you to be that light to someone else today, even though you 
may not even realize it. How has their love transformed you and enabled you to see ordinary things in an extraordinary way? And how has someone seen the ordinary you in an extraordinary way because you embedded the image of the Holy Spirit in your words or your actions or your deeds. That's what the spirit of Christmas is all about. It's looking for bringing and being the Christ child to the world by being the hands and the feet of Christmas all year long. How are we doing that? And how are we going to go forth and do that today? This is the gospel message. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.